If you're in high school and you think it's too late to pursue your dreams of becoming a D1 athlete, listen to this podcast and then think again. I've got Texas Tech University men's basketball player Malik Ondigo. Malik did not start playing basketball until he was halfway done with high school. Now, there's ups and downs and positives and negatives that came with that, but if you want to know, then stay tuned and listen to what he has to say in just a few seconds on the pregame podcast. Here today with Malik six foot ten, Malik Ondigo. Uh, what's up? Uh, nothing much. What about you? Nothing. Just excited to get this phone call um, and just kind of learn more about you. So you're from Arizona, and you know, how did you get into basketball originally? I really wasn't a fan. I was kind of a nerd as a kid. You know, I played a lot of video games. I was into sports, but it was really something I would do. And I was like a bookworm, and but uh. I don't know. I got older, sophomore year of high school. I'm six, eight, like 14, 15 years old. So it's yeah. kind of like, why not? My dad played college uh, locally by my house. So it was kind of just fitting. Like, I'll just carry the tradition. If I want to get to college, I can't afford it. Might as well get it paid for. And right. ever since then, I just stuck with it. And now we're here. Now you're here. How has that been for you? You know, you went from being a, you said you were a gamer, kind of a nerd, to now a college basketball player at a D1 Big 12 school. It's completely different. I feel like, you know, a lot of my friends have different memories of playing AAU since they was a kid. I have a lot of memories staying up until six, seven in the morning playing video games <laughs> all night. So we kind of differ from that point of view. But uh, it's it's really nice. You know, I, I still find times to play my games once in a while, but it really teaches me a lot of discipline and have a like a structured schedule. And it's really preparing mm-hmm. me for like life after the ball. And how did you choose Texas Tech? Uh, I did a postgrad year in Connecticut. Helped me actually sort some things out. You know, Coach Beard just got the job from UNLV mm-hmm. when I could have came as a 2016. But, you know, I liked him. But I really didn't get to get a good feel for the recruiting. And me doing that extra prep year, I got a lot more schools calling to build a better recruiting relationship. Coach Adams really stuck with me. Coach Beard kept in contact with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just had an idea that his Coach Beard's first year at Texas Tech, you know, taking over Tubby Smith's team that was here and he did so well and he won and he was just right there to making the tournament. I was like, I'm going to come play for this guy. He's going to turn me into the best person on the court and off the court and just, and look what he's doing now. He's big 12 coach of the year last year. Now this year, you know, he's really turned his whole program around and the city of Lubbock is just great. It's a perfect college town. The weather's a little bipolar. Like yesterday was 15 degrees. I don't know why. But yep. it's just it's just a great, you know, great environment for basketball, a great environment for college, the perfect balance of life. And speaking of, you know, turning the team around, you guys went to the Elite Eight. How how was that experience? Well, it was just a lifetime, lifetime memories that were made last year. I really have no words for it. every time I get asked about it, I kinda get a little speechless. It's just yeah. seeing the seniors that were kind of beaten up and wounded. They made the tournament one year, I think their sophomore years. Our group of seniors last year that stayed all four years, they made the, they made the tournament sophomore year, didn't win, but it was just how hard they worked and how hard they wanted it, how they led us last year, and just the determination they had to go far and win. And just, like, the stuff we did off the court, too, just hanging out with each other, playing video games, or just, like, everybody at one person's house sitting, watching the Super Bowl, watching a movie, you know? It's just a lot of great off-the-court mm-hmm. memories as well. And how does seeing those seniors and their leadership, how has that helped you, you know, in – 
being a leader because you you're a sophomore you're younger on the team but you know you're going into your junior year next year and you're going to have more of a role definitely so how have they influenced you oh most definitely i like to give credit to all my seniors that i've played under from the last season and this season they taught me so much and so little time you know justin gray keenan evans zach smith naive stevenson tommy hamilton five from last year mm -hmm. and three of them you know played ahead of me and they all like in practice was talking to me and helped me learn the offense and just like really like helping me get my feet wet in situations that I was unaware of. And you no, know, this season, Norris and Tariq, two seniors that are at my position, they've done so much for me and just teaching me and trying to get me ready and trying to have me see the game in a different light. And I just mm -hmm. want to credit them for everything they're doing. Like it's really just the perfect situation for me. You know, I don't have to come and have a lot of pressures of playing right away. It's kind of like they're easing right. me into a good role and they're just they're teaching me a lot. I'm like a sponge. I'm soaking it up. It's like, what more can you give me? What more can you give me? I got a lot of respect for those mm -hmm. guys. All my seniors I played on, even Mooney and uh, Brandon Francis this year, they just taught me so much, all of them, for the past few years. And speaking of the team, I saw a little promo on your Instagram. You're in a cowboy hat. So uh, it seems like you're really outgoing. What's the cowboy hat all about? What was that? We was doing the video shoot. We was trying to get Norris to dance. And... <laughs> I, I see Norris, you know, have a good time from time to time. So uh, I tried to will it out of him. It was really willing it out of him. He was kind of just like, you know, I'm a just cool, cool guy it out. I saw the cowboy hat and I was like, Norris, you you dance. I'll jump in there and then I'll just, <laughs> we'll just go off of that. And I just looked at him and I just like, you know, I'm just going to jump in with the little cowboy hat. It was just one of the props they had. and We both had a good time. It was, it was a fun video. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of just being outgoing and getting people comfortable, you have your own show called Malik's Minute. So how did that come about? Uh, I was watching a film with Coach Beard last night, and he was like, Malik, what do you want to do with your life? I was like, play basketball. Like, well, what after that? And I was like, uh, you know, flip-flop through some things, I said. And one thing that, up, that came up was broadcasting, you know, something you had to do with media, you know, major communication studies, so something that fits that role. And he was like, well, uh... How about let me give you a show? And I was like, okay, whatever. He calls the ISD at the time, Matt, Matt Dunaway, who actually helped me mm -hmm. help me get in contact with Maria Taylor. Give him a league show. I was like, all right, whatever. And then like two weeks later, I'm on set filming my first episode with Coach Adams, who recruited mm -hmm. me here. And then ever since then it's kind of been Malik's Minute. Malik's Minute. And when Maria came in town and you got to interview her, how was that? I mean, she's obviously an icon in the sports industry. So oh, my were goodness. you nervous was, at uh, all? You know, I'm I'm never going to lie. I'm a fanboy when it comes to <laughs> a lot of things. You know, uh, Dennis Rodman was in our locker room last night. I think it was a video on Twitter of me screaming, Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman, in the <laughs> background. So I was a little, I was fanboy. I saw her and I was, I wasn't, it, I, her appearance didn't intimidate me. It was the fact that like, she's on ESPN. She does this. She does X, Y, and Z. I was nervous. I was sweating. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm really scared. I don't want to mess up. Like, I'm, I don't I want to one take wonder this. I want to have three recordings with Maria Taylor. It's not a time frame. Like, a lot of things was going through my mind. Well, I watched that, and you didn't really seem too nervous at all. So you seem pretty comfortable in what you want to do with your future. Well, yeah, I had two pairs. Like, I, I made sure I put an extra shirt on because I was sweating under the other one I had on. So <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. What is What is Scooby? That's another nickname I noticed of yours. Oh, I've had so many nicknames in my life, but this is just uh, the most recent one I have. When I first started playing basketball, this is going to get a little embarrassing, but they used to call me uh, <laughs> Bambi because I was so like, I was long, but I was so uncoordinated. Like, you know, 
I was awkward and it was like baby G, baby yeah. giraffe. It's like I graduated. Stretch was like my main one during high school. My AP lit teacher called me that Mr. Humber. He's like, I'm gonna call you Stretch. He wanted to be like a like a joke, you know, kinda annoying me, but I was like, that's uh-huh. a cool nickname, you know what I'm saying? So I had Stretch yeah. and then my high school coach that I've known since I was because he he knew like I didn't want to play basketball. He he's been my PE teacher from like fourth grade to sixth grade. And then when I uh-huh. moved schools, he moved schools. So seventh and eighth grade, I know it's his fourth grade. And then my sophomore year, when I decided to play basketball, he became a coach on my staff. So I've known him my whole life. And he's always called me like Scooby, Scooby-Doo, you know, like a goofy character. <laughs> he always gave me Scooby snacks for games. And so I, <laughs> I just stuck with Scooby so far. I, I think it's, I like that one. Yeah, I like that too. That was my favorite show growing up. So fun fact, I never watched that show. You've never watched Scooby-Doo? Never, never watched it, but I take it as oh, my nickname. Oh, come on. Yeah. You can't even have that as a nickname now. You have to watch it. That's fake. Uh, probably. Probably so. <laughs> okay, so let me get back on track. You want to be a broadcaster. You have Malik's Minute. How do you think that is helping you and preparing you for a future career? I think it all goes hand in hand from when to be a broadcaster and when to play sports. I want to play basketball at the highest level and dabble into coaching once the ball starts bouncing as a player. And I think it would honestly help me turn into a great broadcaster. I want to be a broadcaster like uh, Fran Fraschilla, who who calls a few of our, who really focuses on the Big 12 and calls a few of our games with a former coach. And I think it's really insightful when a coach can commentate and talk and break things down other than certain guys. I just think everything goes hand in hand with my future. Yeah. And who's kind of influenced you to get into that? Or was that just kind of all your idea? I mean, I know you said you talked to your coach about broadcasting, but who's helped you along the way the most? Uh, kind of just something that uh, I've, I've I always was into sports as a kid. I always watched ESPN Sports Center. I was probably watched that more than anything. I just never really been a fan of playing sports. But, you know, watching guys like Stuart Scott on TV as a kid, I'm kind of like, I want to do that. That's kind of cool. You're on athletes all day. You get to talk. We got to hear you listen. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I like chatting a lot, so, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of nice when you say some people listen. I do got a valid opinion on sports, I feel like. We have a lot of debates, so I was like, something I could really get into. Yeah, so I know that you know Maria and Kareem, um, which is probably how you've heard about I the retreat. I haven't formally met Kareem. Or formally okay, so you haven't met Kareem yet. I met Maria. Yet. Okay, okay. But you know Maria, so aside from that, why did you decide to apply for the t- retreat? Uh, just a great opportunity. Uh, she's helped so many people from last year's retreat I've seen and did my research on it. And when you get opportunity like this, especially in the summer when uh, my schedule allows it, I can't pass this up. It's mm-hmm. going to be great for me for the future and just a great thing to have on our resume and application. And from sports, you said that they kind of elevate you and that you think this retreat is going to help you in ways that you don't understand and that through sports, you've learned how to network a lot. So how do you think that being an athlete gives you kind of an advantage in the sports business industry and wanting to be a broadcaster? Probably just because I know athletes, you know, I, I feel like I could have a different perspective. One of my close friends, my roommate last year is in the NBA right now, make from had a few uh, setbacks, you know, sickness and injuries in the G League right now working. I have contact with him and, you know, some other players that are playing professional. So I feel like I got that type of connection relationship down that some other sports broadcasters don't have and I already have like that inside that some people my age don't already have and have those relationships with certain professional athletes whether it's in America or overseas so you were obviously nervous when you did the interview with Maria Taylor 
Is there anything that you're nervous for for the retreat? No, none really. Not really nervous for the retreat. I'm kind of just walking in there, wide eyed, just take what I can get and take it back here to Lubbock and use it for the future, basically. And what are you hoping to get out of it? Like, what's the biggest thing you want to leave? Like, this was my big takeaway from the retreat. Honestly, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm kind of just literally walking in there, going to listen to the, the speakers they have and hopefully network with some people, improve my resume, improve my connections, mm -hmm. you know, network with people. But honestly, just anything they have for me that I think I could take, I'm going to take. I'm just... Just go in there and do it. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going there to do it. <laughs> what do you think is something that you yourself bring to the table that you can bring to the cohorts and to the retreat and the experience for everybody? I don't know my personality, hopefully. Uh, hopefully, you know, I might mm -hmm. be a little shy at first, but hopefully I open up enough to start talking to people and, you know, build relationships with the people that I'm going there with, the other cohorts that I'm going to be there with, excuse me. But uh, I think that's really the one thing I'm going to try to bring. It's just my personality and hope make everybody feel comfortable as possible because I know it's going to be an awkward situation for a lot of people who are as outgoing as some. And that's, that's really what I'm trying to bring. Is there anyone, any certain profession besides broadcasters that you would look forward to seeing at the dinner of dinners of influence? Really anybody, you know, ISDs or colleges, uh, social media, people who work in social media advertising would be actually also another pretty interesting one like a social media market for a sports team. But I, I, ISD is probably one that I, I, I would be really interested to talk to about. So Malik, what is a normal day for you being a college athlete? The best days when I don't got class Tuesdays or Thursdays. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, usually my day consists of, you know, just waking up, going to breakfast. And uh, depends how my schedule looks. I mean, I have an academic meeting or go to class after class, I go to lunch or in between class, I like to get some shots up, get an individual workout in and uh, either lift weights a few times a week. So I might sprinkle that in there on some days and usually after practice, you know, come back to the gym later that night, get some extra shots up, get another workout in, just, you know, staying in the gym, getting some, uh, getting in the weight room. Always getting on better. On certain days of the week. Yeah. Just, just trying to get better and always like trying to get some rest in, you know, that's why yeah. I just, find a time for a quick 30 minute nap, get in the training room, get some treatment, recovery, ice, or, you know, there's, there's just everything. Basically what my day is, my whole uh, program's day, coach really believes in the process. We preach it. Everybody got to get individual workout in. Everybody's got to get 300 in, watch their film. Everybody got to lift weights appropriately, maintain weight, gain weight, lose weight, whatever your situation is. You know, we got one of the best athletic trainers in the country. I really do think the best, you know, he's really personal with us. He really works with us really well here at all times. And then I remember last year, quick story with Zach, he <laughs> stayed here. He celebrated New Year's with Zach and Zach brought his Xbox and PS4. They played video games all night. Chris brought his wife and friends over in the training room, celebrated New Year's just to rehab Zach's ankle to play. So that just really gives you an idea of our program. Our coach is really hard on us, wants us to do better. And that's why mm -hmm. he's had the turnaround he's had these few years, had a few NBA draft players he's had these past few years on the working side. And our strength coach, one of the best in the country. You see everybody's body transforms and athletic trainers right there with him when it comes to elite people. I rambled on. I apologize, but I just had to give credit to my program. They really, they've done a lot. No, no, that's totally fine. I love it. So, you know, until your sophomore year of high school, you didn't play sports. So how is that? been adjusting with time management and making sure you still have your grades in check? 
Oh, grazing check never been an issue. I remember uh, specifically, I think my sophomore year when I first started playing, we was playing our district rival, and I was just getting on varsity. So I think it was my second semester, and I just got on varsity. Over, like, the winter break tournaments, I played well enough in practice. I started getting more time, and I was probably, like, sixth, seventh man on varsity. It was just, it was crazy. I had uh, some bad grades, and I can give you the letters. And my dad literally, like, we're sitting behind the JV bench, gets my varsity coach, and he, like, yanks me, takes me to the locker room. Like, Malik's not playing, and he's going home. He's got grades in this, this class, and can't play. So from then on out, I'm kind of like, you know, I wasn't the first time junior year. I literally didn't turn in an assignment. I was still passing class with a B, but I didn't turn in an assignment. And so my dad sat me again. So in an AAU game, not even at like a high school where my grades matter, like an AAU game was like, yeah, you're not playing today if you ain't got, you ain't turning in, I turn in the paper. So grades have always been like, you know, I got to get it done. It's kind of just been instilled with me. You know, I'm not yeah. really a fan of school. I don't think nobody is, but when it comes to getting my grades, then I always get it done. And your dad played college so he knows how to manage that how is he besides your grades how has he helped you being a college athlete yourself now you know my dad's from kenya so when he came over here he didn't really have a lot of people with him he had his host family which was really good to him but he didn't have like his mm -hmm. family out there and it's, it's a long story i'm not really gonna get into that but what he has done for me is constant communication and just like he sometimes he didn't have people to talk to and he didn't know how to express his emotions to certain people. And it's really rare. It's not that many people you could really talk to about the situation. So he always is like open ear to me. And we, we don't talk about a lot of emotional stuff. You know, we're guys. You don't do that. But uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just he always lets me know, like, you know, if you're feeling some type of way, you're not going through this alone. There's something that's happening. Like, just let me know I'm here for you to talk about it. He just wants me to have something that he didn't get to have when he was playing. That's something that not a lot of people get to have, you know, especially a good father figure. So it sounds like he's really helped you through your growing up and going into college and just getting into athletics in general. But how excited was he when you decided to play basketball? Words can't describe <laughs> how excited that man was. It was kind of funny. It was, it was really, you know, he was like, finally, yes. You know, my mom was like, my mom was kind of like, maybe I got to play for college, you know. That's really, my mom was yeah. like, all right, cool, whatever, you know. It's my mom right there. It's probably one of my best friends. <laughs> my dad is yeah. like, let's go. Which is the opposite way. My yeah. mom was like, real energetic, and my dad was kind of just like, he was, he was, he's just like the, you know, cool, calm, collected type of guy. My mom was uh -huh. not the emotional one, but she ah, she she got she gets a little excited sometimes, likes to laugh and joke. My dad's kind of just like, I'm here, relaxing. So it was complete opposite. My mom was like, all right, cool, whatever. My dad was like, let's go, you know. <laughs> kind of different the Andigo household that day and do they come to your games a lot do they get to come out when they can make it you know uh freshman year my dad made it to the New York game my mom this year came to New York game and uh just because of work schedules honestly just depends like mm -hmm. they made a last minute trip to Kansas uh, I think last week or two weeks ago which was pretty I really did enjoy I got to see my little brother got to hang out him for a little bit yeah that was a big time does your little brother play basketball too he plays soccer, which I am not opposed to. Yes, you know, be, let's go. He's already going to be more athletic than me. He's going to be taller than me. He's going to be bigger than me. So, like, I'm I'm really happy at all sports. He's playing soccer. He's going to have great feet, you know, great agility, great quickness, good foot speed. So when he starts, like, playing basketball, that is obviously going to translate. He already shoots the ball. Like, he <laughs> plays, but 
he's into soccer, which I'm cool with. And he's going to be a good athlete, good feet. So like, keep playing, dude. I don't care. <laughs> How does that make you feel, you know, when you have a game and you just you look up and you know that your family's there? I don't know. It's nice, but it's kind of like I feel like they're always there. They're either always watching or whatever. Like, hey, you, my dad literally was at every single game. So, like, no matter what, even if they're here or not here, I always get a sense of, like, a warm feeling. Like, I know they're watching. And if they're not watching, they'll text mm -hmm. me the game. Don't tell us nothing. We, we got it recorded. We weren't at the house. Da -da -da. So, I'm like, all right. Oh, cool. that's you awesome. Know? Yeah. So, like, they're, they're always watching. They're always so supportive. And they're always constantly talking yeah. to me. And they're always just keeping me positive and just letting them know how they feel about me in the situation. Well, Scooby, aka Malik Undigo, or aka Malik Six Foot Ten, thank you for coming on the call today. Um, I can't wait to see you at the retreat and just see how that levels up your broadcast game, which you've already got going on. So, uh, anything else that you want to say? Uh, no, just thank you for the opportunity. I can't wait to see you at the retreat. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, you too. hope you left that episode feeling inspired to hashtag game change make sure to follow our instagram and twitter handles at the we leadership find us on linkedin and facebook or check out our website winningedgeleadership.org and you can always search hashtag we game change on any social media platform and we should pop right up all right stay tuned for our next episode coming up in a few